following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. You know, you look very suspiciously at the other person for about the first, you know, 10 <laughs> minutes of the conversation. Like, how much am I going to reveal to you? What, you know, what is this ultimately going to turn out to be? Are we going to end up being competitors? Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. Today, we have Molly Hayward on. She's via Skype. She is the co-founder of Cora, a company that makes organic, body-conscious period care. Molly, thank you for, for being on. Thanks for having me, Steve. So let's start with um, just an overview so people give a sense of, of what Cora provides. Yes. So um, at Cora, we say that we make powerful products for powerful bodies. And so what that means um, today is that we offer uh, organic period care via subscription and at Target stores across the country. So um, organic tampons, as you said, liners, body wipes, things like that. And there's a social component uh, to the business, right? Because every – explain that. So people purchase at a target, but you're also uh, globally leaving your footprint around women's health issues. That's right. So a woman can purchase Cora via subscription through our website. Um, so we deliver it to her door um, and, and it's customizable for her. Um, or she can purchase the product at Target. And essentially for every monthly supply that a woman purchases, um, we provide a month's supply of sustainable, plant-based, compostable sanitary pads to a girl in need in India. Um, and really that that came about um, as a result of my uh, finding out while I was traveling in Kenya that girls would stay home from school during their periods because they couldn't afford to buy sanitary pads. So um, really that was kind of what set off this this idea of creating a, a company that created, you know, really high performing, healthy period care products um, and had a, you know, a one for one giving model, essentially. And taking a moment to thank our supporters, Veridesk, Amica Insurance and Rocket Mortgage. More about these companies later in the show. We speak to a lot of entrepreneurs, and for some of them, like they can get into the business. They might be selling like a, a weed dispensary or something, and they could be doing any business. They just wanted to be doing business with you. Uh, is that the case, or were you drawn to social entrepreneurship? I was definitely drawn to social entrepreneurship specifically. Um, you know, I think if I if I um, hadn't ended up working in startups after I graduated from college, I probably would have been working for an NGO or um, a large nonprofit um, because I was really passionate or I am really passionate about um, economic development and humanitarian issues. And so when I was traveling in Kenya uh, several years ago and met this girl who said that she she would stay home from school during her period because she couldn't afford period care products, I thought to myself, you know, this experience isn't great for me or women in my society either. 
you know, what is the business solution here that could solve, you know, for this issue where this girl doesn't have access, but also is solving for um, the issues that women in my society face uh, when it comes to being able to really, I think, easily access healthy organic products in a, you know, with a brand that feels representative of who they are and what their values are and that it's modern and design led and, and healthy and has a social mission. Um, so that was really kind of what, what led me to, um, to this business specifically. And, and yeah, I think it, to me, to me, that is the, the most amazing thing about, about business is, is its power to catalyze social change. And I love seeing it used that way. Well, you talk about creating a healthy, sustainable product and, you know, toxicity. What, what were, what were the products being used before? Yeah. So basically, um, most women are not aware of it. More and more today are, but um, basically conventional period care products and specifically tampons have been made with uh, synthetics. So most people assume that they're made with cotton, um, but actually they're mostly rayon and polyester. Some have cotton in them, but non-organic cotton is actually one of the dirtiest crops in the world. It's heavily sprayed with pesticides. Um, And then you're putting this material or this non-organic cotton in your body for a week, a month, for 40 years of your life. And um, essentially there are um, very sort of lax regulations around the way these products are made and the way that manufacturers have to report ingredients, namely they don't have to name ingredients. Um, And, you know, essentially there are no long-term studies that have um, looked at the potential health impacts of exposure to these synthetics and these chemicals over that length of time. And so really to me, it presented this, um, this really kind of tricky moral and ethical issue when, you know, a woman is using this product and doesn't actually have a right to know what's in it and what the effect might be on her body. So to my mind, the solution was, create a pure product that women can be completely confident um, is is safe and healthy for their bodies and, and let them manage their periods that way. Well, it sounds like there's a compounding set of health problems and, and risks involves like the risks of UTIs and other infections and things like that. Are you Have you seen any change in the marketplace based on uh, what Core has put out there? You know, I think we've seen... I mean, speaking more generally, there has definitely been a massive shift, I think, in women's consciousness around their periods and their bodies and the way that they, you know, they manage their menstrual cycle, um, which is amazing. And so, you know, there has certainly been um, much more awareness of the importance of using organic products and I think just giving more attention to this experience that most women kind of, you know, um, would would hope to quickly forget about after it was over and, you know, um, kind of move on every month. But I think, um, the interesting thing for us, there have been, again, no long-term studies and we have not done any formal studies, but anecdotally speaking, we have women who reach out to us and say, I've been using your product for the last six months and where every month I used to have horrible debilitating cramps, or I used to, um, get UTIs or infections during my period. Now I don't. Mm -hmm. And so to us, it's sort of like, yeah, we, we, you know, we know, um, we're not surprised. I think 
on, on a larger scale to begin to actually realize that, you know, these are issues worth putting um, medical research and studies behind to understand, um, it's completely worthwhile because, because so many women still do suffer um, from these types of issues during their periods. And, you know, I think we can't discount the potential link between, you know, a, a product made with um, synthetics and chemicals and, um, and those types of sort of negative health impacts. Well, forgive my ignorance on this, but it does feel like this is, you know, a, the perfect candidate for monthly subscription. Totally. Um, it's funny, uh, my business partner and I joke, we, you know, are actually not uh, fans, huge fans of subscription business for subscription's sake. And we're not huge fans of one for one social impact missions yeah. uh, for their own sake. But, um, you know, ironically, yeah, this business um, is sort of perfect for that, um, just given its it's uh it's natural rhythm and frequency and you know i think the the fact that we tie our our um our social mission directly to the customer so that she knows that you know when she is getting her monthly supply of yeah. products a monthly supply is being given as well so yeah <laughs> let's walk us through uh the process here of you know when you're building this business how yeah. much of it is you looking at yourself and saying, here's something I would use. You know, I have I I have to do this every month. What what are habits that I do? What are rituals that I do that I can disrupt and build a business around? Did you think that way? And yeah. what did it look like? Yeah, basically, my own experience was, um, you know, kind of like dreading my period every month. Um, you know, buying Tampax, I think, because that's what my mom bought, and like getting through that week every month, just like in spite of it all. So, you know, having to shove tampons up my sleeve when I walked from my desk to the bathroom at work, kind of having this like crumpled box of tampons under my sink in my bathroom. And so really, yeah, that especially early on in creating what is now a really unique experience that Cora offers to its online subscribers, um, it was really about solving for a day in the life of a woman on her period and not just providing organic tampons, but but actually providing an experience that um, actually changing and providing a user experience, which was kind of unheard of. And so now every subscriber to Cora with along with her subscription and she doesn't pay extra for it, but every subscriber to Cora gets not only her customized assortment of products, but also um, a little black storage box that can live kind of on the back of her toilet or on her vanity. And it's like beautiful and understated and convenient. Um, she gets a little black clutch that holds a day's worth of tampons that you can, you know, drop in your tote bag or your gym bag or wherever. And it can sit on a conference room table. Um, and then of course that knowing also that what you're doing and, and what you're purchasing every month is providing product for, for a girl in need. I think it just, to me, it was like how to create this this really positive experience where it had been nothing but negative before. I know the message here in the States is giving women a modern method for managing their periods. How have you advocated uh, for better policies around women's health? Yeah. Years ago now, when it felt like this, this um, issue of girls not having access to products was 
kind of isolated to developing countries. What has really surfaced in the last few years is that there's plenty of issues here in the U.S. as well that need to be addressed. So, I mean, the the tax on feminine products is a perfect example. Um, and, you know, even though there have been a number of states that have eliminated the tax on feminine products and, you know, more and more kind of as the months go by are at least introducing legislation that would do that, um, California, um, when we started, was... Uh, was still taxing these products. And so basically, because we were an online business, um, nobody outside of California would be taxed if they bought our product through our website. But if you lived in California, you would. And we were like, well, that's, you know, BS. We're not going to, you know, make women, especially in our home state, pay this tax. And so we just decided to pay the tax for them. And then the other big thing we did, we've done here is, um, is provided product when there has been a natural disaster. And again, it's not only a way to kind of help make sure that women have what they need, but um, to make that statement about how essential these products are. Um, when Hurricane Harvey happened, um, there was, you know, all of this kind of noise about uh, obviously the, the sort of essentials that most of us are aware of, like food and water and clothing and things like that. Um, but, you know, there were tens of thousands of women who also needed tampons. And so we gave around 100,000 tampons to, to that relief effort. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Support for the Forbes Under 30 podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask, why? Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to the rate and term in real time? And why can't there be client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. And this podcast is brought to you by Amica Auto Home and Life Insurance. When you call Amica, you can expect a different experience because Amica is all about customer service that goes above and beyond the ordinary. You always get the help you need when you call Amica. Visit meetamica.com slash Forbes today. Now, you're based in San Francisco, right, Molly? That's right. So where is production for you? And can you tell me a little bit about some of the global partners that you have? Yes, totally. I mean, we produce um, different different components and different products um, all over the world. So some in Europe, some here in the U.S. Um, and and uh, the products that we give are actually made in country. So our partner in India um, has developed a plant-based biodegradable sanitary pad that is produced in small manufacturing units that are set up as micro enterprises. And so they actually employ women who would otherwise be 
unemployed or underemployed or employed in the sex trade. Um, and they train them and they give them jobs. And um, again, in this cooperative model, the, the women are the owners. And so um, what we essentially do is purchase the pads that they are producing, um, just like any other sort of um, customer vendor relationship. And so we end up constituting sort of a large monthly order for them, which generates revenue and allows their business to grow. And then we work with them to distribute to girls in local schools. And can you tell us just a sense of uh, the impact that you're having abroad and and any uh, reports and, and growth that you've seen over the last year? Yeah, absolutely. So I was actually just um, visiting those partners, um, one in India and one in Kenya in January. And uh, to date, we have given one million pads um, in India and Kenya. And uh, in so over that was over the course of two years of business. In 2018, we will give a million pads just in a 12-month period. Um, and essentially, that's providing pads every single month for around 15,000 girls. And, you know, frankly, with the way that the company's scaling, um, you know, we're going to be just seeing our sort of reach and impact increase uh, more and more and more. And I think the goal is really to not just to pr- to provide more and more pads, but to make sure that more and more girls have a monthly supply from, you know, the age of 11 or 12, whenever she starts her period to the time that she graduates and can, you know, support herself. And give us a sense of the scale and growth here in the States. Yeah. So, you know, naturally we don't share a lot of, um, numbers, but, you know, essentially we're, um, sort of doubling and tripling the business every single month. And, um, and, and really I think, seeing so much growth coming from word of mouth and women, you know, being excited about the product and, um, and telling their friends about it. So it's been really amazing. And, um, we're also going to be rolling out a number of new products at target, um, in April. And so we'll just, um, again, sort of, I think our goal has always been to make organic products more accessible. And so, um, you know, being at Target and giving, you know, being in the place where our customer, you know, typically goes to shop for her products is, um, is really exciting for us. And is the company profitable? Uh, no, not yet. We're still growing, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're sort of at that place of, um, investing in the company. Exactly. So I want to ask you about raising money, but I, I, I kind of want to, I want to steer you in the direction of, you know, you're you're a woman in San Francisco, <laughs> and everyone knows that there's a culture in Silicon Valley that uh, can behave unfavorably and discriminate. And there's a culture and a mm. and a broiness to the valley, and especially to raising money. And can you describe the experience not only as a woman going out and raising money for your business, but for uh, the type of products for, for, uh, menstrual products, organic menstrual products. Was that difficult? And what was that conversation like? A lot of times at the end of the day, it came down to, you know, if it was a man saying, well, I don't, I don't know if, you know, how, how much, how, if this idea really has legs, Mm -hmm. you know, it often frankly came down to, 
that person coming back to us and saying, you know what, I actually went home and talked to my wife about this right. and, you know, she thought it was brilliant. Or, um, you know, I have a, a young daughter and, you know, based on what you've told me, I would never want her to kind of go through the the negative experience that you've illustrated here and, you know, let's, let's do this. And so, you know, I'm so grateful that I've honestly never had one of those, you know, kind of horrific experiences with, with an, with a VC or with an investor. Um, but you know, I think I'm, I'm maybe a lucky one. <laughs> well, you, a lot of people talk about this disruption. It sounds like you, what you disrupted was in part a culture of ignorance and just silence uh, on this issue. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it's, it's been really, um, pleasantly surprising to, um, meet the men who, uh, for whom, you know, this is a no brainer and, and, you know, I want to give credit to the female investors as well, because, you know, they are judging businesses on their business merits. Um, but obviously it becomes easier to, uh, to understand a problem if you've actually had it yourself. But yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that it's been really heartening to see how many, um, you know, people who, even if they have not experienced a period have been, have been able to really put themselves in, you know, in a woman's shoes and, and really, um, yeah, I think empathize with, with the situation and realize, you know, just like many other industries we've seen, um, you know, kind of go through a really significant period of disruption and change. Um, this industry is, you know, completely ready for that. And you in college, you, you were a humanities, uh, student, right? That's right. Yes. So if, if somebody went back to you before college and told like the 10 year old you that you were going to develop a business around women's products, um, in the entrepreneurial space in the Bay area, what would you have said? Well, it's actually funny. So, I mean, at 10 years old, I think I was actually sort of more aligned with this path than maybe I was in later years. Um, I was the 10 year old that was like running around with, um, like petitions to, uh, you know, save the whales and collecting (laughs) money for UNICEF. I was a what? A change maker at 10 years old. And then I sort of was like swept up by the culture and kind of all through high school. And even like in my first year of college, I thought I was going to go into like finance and, um, you know, I was really only interested in like having some high powered job and a lot of money. And like, thank God I was totally snapped out of that my freshman year when I actually took an economics course on, um, the development of Cambodia and Vietnam and had the opportunity to go to those places. And it was the first time that I uh, visited a, a developing country and, um, you know, it changed my whole life because it changed my perspective and made me realize that, you know, the privilege that I had that I, you know, earned right. just by virtue of where I was born, which really wasn't earned at all, kind of put me in the, the, this position where I felt I had a huge amount of responsibility to use that to help those who, again, by virtue just of where they were born, um, did not have those same privileges. And, and that was really kind of a, a huge turning point for me. And, and I, I 
got back to that that ten year old change maker self. I think about that all the time, and it's a humbling it's a it's a humbling thing to think about. Yeah. Um, all the luck and accident involved. Where, yeah. where where did you grow up? I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, in in a in a pretty rough part of town that was kind of um, in the process of of change. I think when mm-hmm. when we moved there, but it it's actually quite famous in sort of the socio political realm for kind of being one of the first truly integrated mm-hmm. um, neighborhoods in the country. And where so it, was, it was a cool place to grow up. Where did uh, where did you meet your co-founder? And, and what is your co-founder's name? Yeah, my co-founder's name is Morgan. Um, and we were actually introduced by um, a mutual um, a mutual friend, colleague, um, who is an entrepreneur turned VC. And um, yeah, she she basically uh, knew Morgan and then met me. And when I told her about um, the business that I was working on and and uh, and that I was looking for a co-founder, she said, you know, this <laughs> this might sound crazy, but I actually know somebody who's um, working on a really similar concept. And you know, I think you guys should meet. And so that was how it happened. It's interesting. I've, I've haven't heard anybody say that before. I was looking for a co-founder. You know, I think that the way it happened for me, at least, was with the way that the culture was moving so quickly, and a lot of things were happening around, um, you know, period of awareness uh, in the culture and in the media. I really kind of felt like there's, you know, there needs to be a bit more of a rush on this. And so, you know, I knew from having worked in startups um, prior that it was really hard to raise money as a solo founder, and more importantly, it's really hard to build a business as a solo solo founder. You know, I think there's just such a such a weight of responsibility and work that goes in in those early years that, um, you know, I'd done it on my own for a little while and really felt like I can do this if I need to, but it'd be awesome to have somebody who, you know, has some complementary skills or could could just kind of share this experience with me. Um, and so, you know, I guess I was sort of in that headspace when we were introduced, which was just really so fortuitous. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Traditional static offices are a thing of the past. Today, companies and employees want an active workspace. Veridesk helps people reimagine their office design. Being more active at work, like standing more, sitting less, can help improve your health by boosting energy and productivity. Veridesk Active Workspace Solutions make it easy to encourage more movement in a day. The new ProDesk 60 electric standing desk is the cornerstone of the active office. It's designed with commercial-grade materials, stable at any height and fully assembled in under five minutes. Plus, all Veritas products are made to last. They're also simple to set up and move or reconfigure as businesses change and grow. Check out Veritas products, including the new ProDesk 60 Electric, risk-free for 30 days with free shipping and free returns. Learn more at veridesk.com slash Forbes. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com slash Forbes. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. 
Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. And you do hear about that all the time, founder's syndrome, where people it, – it, it's hard to relinquish your – you know, the things that you um, came up with. And, and oh my gosh. it's kind of the, yeah. only way, it's the only way to do it. It's the only way to go. You know, you look very suspiciously at the other person for about the first, you know, 10 <laughs> minutes of the conversation. Like, how much am I going to reveal to you? What, you know, what is this ultimately going to turn out to be? Are we going to end up being competitors? But thankfully, you know, I think within the first 10 minutes of, of our conversation, I really realized how aligned we truly were. And, um, you know, just personally and professionally. And, you know, I felt really good about kind of moving forward in that process. But we actually went through, you know, we probably took about a month going back and forth and like actually doing kind of like those exercises that you might do with like, you know, a, a, a partner in a romantic relationship to kind of understand like where we both stood when it came to equity right. and, um, and uh, titles and roles, and if we did partner, you know, what would the values of the company be, and what's the, you know, what what would be a really um, uh, desirable outcome for each of us, and really kind of taking the time to get clear on that stuff up front before either of us signed on the dotted line, um, because I think that's probably. Um, what gets a lot of founding teams in trouble is that, you know, it's all kind of pie in the sky, rose colored glasses in the beginning. And you can be super excited to have found somebody who's like willing to get in the trenches with you, um, that you kind of skip over those really important, honest conversations that are going to have a big impact later on. If you, if you're not aligned. And are there lessons that you would want to impart on other budding entrepreneurs listening to this of, of how to get along? <laughs> I think I think the key to our success after, you know, almost three years of working together um, is really just the mutual respect that we have for each other and the sort of respective ends of the business that we both manage and excel at and and love to work on and and i think having some level of like deference to that person when it comes to their you know to their area of expertise and you know we certainly disagree about things and i don't think we've ever gotten in a fight but we disagree about things mm -hmm. but i think at the end of the day it really comes down to like okay I respect your perspective on this and I trust you. And so I'm going to, I'm going to trust that you know what is best in this situation and we're going to go with that. I think that doing as much as you can upfront to really understand that person and understand like how far are you willing to go with this person? Do you trust that this person is, I think, a good person at the end of the day and isn't going to turn on you at any point or that you're going that you have a that you have a relationship where you're you're both always willing to do the work to get to an amiable solution this um, is like excellent marriage advice too i'm writing it all down no totally and molly people i think have an emotional connection uh with cora which is uh, uh, the intention where do you um, can you talk about places where you're marketing and advertising yourself? Are you on Instagram? I know you personally are, but is Cora? Y yes, absolutely. Yes, Cora is on, on Instagram and Facebook and all of the sort of um, usual places. 
And so I, I think that emotional connection has been, you know, I just, I can't probably um, overstate the significance of, of that to, to yeah, our ability to, to grow um, pretty organically. I, I have to say, I'm, first of all, I encourage everybody listening to go to at Cora women on Instagram, follow, and then go to the story section because there's this video from India. I don't know where this is in India, but I, I think it's you here um, in the classroom. Where is that? Yeah. And, and uh, how do people follow up with this? I'm going to watch the Kenya yeah. one right now. So in addition to providing sanitary pads, we also fund uh, reproductive health education for each girl. So that's just hugely important too. It's not just providing products, but actually right. – I think almost more importantly is is giving them um, the awareness training and and that that educational piece. Um, I mean, I'm watching the video from the the health education class. So, yeah. were there any cultural barriers for you to be able to have that conversation, or what did you use as an access point? Yeah, I mean, you know, I have to give so much credit to our partners. They are the ones who implement that education and that curriculum. And so, it's not just a one time you know, class where a teacher comes in and, you know, here's the body and here's how it works and here's what you should do and here's what you shouldn't do. Um, these are weeks long, um, courses where these teachers are coming in and I think it helps that they're not sort of there. It's not your math teacher teaching you about health education. It's, it's somebody coming from, um, the outside. And I think they do a really good job of actually making that, that instructor feel more like, you know, an older sister in a way. And so there's this amazing rapport that they've built with the girls. They are, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, and they are completely comfortable talking about their periods or what it was like before they had sanitary pads and what it's like now having them. I think it was just really profound um, to see kind of what, what might happen to the overall cultural stigma around menstruation if this next generation coming up has such a different perspective. Well, I want to ask you one last thing here. Just practically speaking, um, how did you arrive at the design of the of the product? Did you personally um, come up with the design? Did you work with designers? Yeah. So, so it's funny because even to this day, um, after all this time, I get that question. And um, yes, my co-founder and I – were sort of the the primary designers. Of course, we had to um, you know get a graphic designer to kind of execute it all, but it was all based on kind of our ideas and sketches and um, and yeah, just just again like what what I would want to solve my problem. Well, Molly, it's a really inspiring story. Thank you for for sharing it with us, and good luck with Cora. We'll be following. Uh, I do I really do encourage people to look at a lot of those videos and. And photos on the site It's uh, and on Instagram. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks so much, Steve. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under 30. That's the number 30 at podcastone.com. Hi, I'm Spencer Raskoff, the CEO of Zillow Group. 
and I have a new podcast here on Podcast One called Office Hours. Listen as I have one-on-one conversations with other CEOs. We have the kind of conversations that can only happen between peers, tackling tough questions, sharing hard-won insights, and helping to define what leadership means today. Join me twice a month on Office Hours exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the new Podcast One app. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.